No, the funny is the new controversy now is that McAfee, ESPN tried to get rid of uh, Aaron Rodgers off of his show. Oh, yeah. He probably told him no. And that's why he's talking shit about his producer. Oh, his I gotcha. Yeah. Is that why? Is that? I don't know if that's why. I think that's what it is. So he had said, like, I just looked at an article of it. And it was like, hold on. It was something about that dude. Uh, he's like an events guy or like he's a boss. super high he's yeah. a high up exec i don't know what his position was or something but he said pat said something about oh only one person knows about this i'm pretty sure it was this guy he's the only human that knows and it got leaked who the who the fuck else am i supposed to think leaked it <laughs> oh he said it like that but like no, you know did. effectively no, that's what like he that. said he's like this is some horse shit because there's yeah. only one other person that knows it wasn't anybody in this room that said it and so who else is it gonna be <laughs> I, I oh, heard they, ESPN I, is not they didn't suspend him or nothing nothing they can't dude he's like 75% of their, their revenue stream right, right now. now he's I heard he's got so much he's so much responsible for their revenue yeah what I've read it was his boss this is guy actually is his boss and he's calling him out publicly basically saying he's trying to sabotage the show and mm -hmm. dude I mean, I was like, whoa, that takes some guts. But he don't give a shit. Matter of fact, I think I read, he made a comment, like, I'll just go back and do what I was doing on YouTube. And Dude, he'll make, make more, make he'll more, make, make as money. much or more, oh, as much more or more. He'd probably make more money because he won't, everybody will then go to the show oh, and say, yeah. oh yeah, this guy's crazy. That's insane. It's insane, dude. <clears throat> so stuff's fine. I I, th I do find all the, I'm glad you're an old that likes him because a lot of old whites don't like Pat. Why? Because he's loud and obnoxious. Yeah, and like sometimes you can sounds, tell right? on like college game day, like even Herb Street is like, bro, come on. <laughs> well, <they're, laughs> yeah, they're saying, they're even saying that he's, well, he's doing the, 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 he's doing the announcing for the, for the pregame for this weekend. Um, oh, the National Championship. Championship. And that was a big thing, whether they're going to go pull a plug on him or not. And if they pull the plug on him, it'll kill no, him. No, there's no way yeah, they no would. Way. It, Dude, it, it's, it, it's suicide for them. Yeah, exactly. They totally. can't do that. Total hey, any press is good press, and yeah, he gets a exactly. lot. He gets yeah. a lot of really good press, and he well, gets—I wouldn't say an equal amount, but he gets his fair share of shit press. Yeah, but hey, eyeballs are eyeballs, and if I'm watching the show because I effing hate the guy that's on it, and I want to shit talk him the whole time, still guess watching what? the show, still watching the show, <laughs> still getting it's all still that, yours. all those ads are still hitting my eyeballs. Yeah, boy. Yep. Yeah, boy. Man, that was a cool freaking intro. I don't know if you guys are going to catch the front of that, but that was pretty fun. Talking about Pat McAfee. Oh, they're going to uh, hear it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's the way to, that's the way to roll the show. Hey, welcome to uh, Archery Unhinged. Episode 7. Episode 7. We're already rolling. Hey, man, a lot of good feedback from everyone that's been listening. It's been uh, really good out there, and we appreciate you all listening. Um, Jason, I think you had some swag. Did it sell out fast or... Yeah, I just did a trial run on on hats, and there was some. I just wanted to see what interest people had. Yeah. So, if you guys want them, just shoot us a message, and and I'm gonna put another order in. We're gonna get some shirts, some hats, some uh, some wallets. The hats are dope. Yep. I mean, I so think you, the hats are leather pressed, uh, so it's not stitched. Yeah. Um, and we're gonna have just regular trucker hats, or we can get the waterproof, sweatproof, floating hats. That's cool. You know, the thing is, we just want to know what you guys want because I'm not going to order and have a bunch of stockpile. Laying around. Yeah. 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 No, that's cool, though. No, the hats I'm are awesome. 
I'm already eating so, ramen, bro. So it says the guy says the guy not the only guy in here not wearing a. I'm not wearing, not wearing it today because I've worn like every day for like two I weeks. Say, I, 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 Wait, I thought had you said that whenever you did the podcast, you were taking off your rep hat. Yeah, I know. I got it on today. So yeah. it's because we're talking shit about other brands today. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's so funny. Oh. oh shit, no, that's good. No, it's, but anyways, we are absolutely excited and um, wanted to get a podcast in. I'm going to be gone. I think most of the week next week at ATA show. Which, oh yeah shut the hell up <laughs> you know I, I haven't been in like seven years i think i think the last time did you last time both of us were there were was when, yeah i was working the last time i was working there. with gsm and you were with yeah. uh, and you, went you with were cody. working the shop with yeah cody. me and cody went yep. yeah yeah that show is absolutely uh god i hate dogging on things so i don't want to be bitching all the time but no that no. show's a pile of crap now it sucks because it god it used to be like so cool the deal man the deal it used yeah. to be the thing that everybody wanted to go to, and now it's—I mean, it's just lost its allure. So I have it lost it because it's <clears throat> open to a lot of people that have no business there. Exactly. exactly a lot. So, like, I mean, even when I worked there, like a couple times I've worked the booth. Like I've worked with, oh, I guess with Carbon Express when they were still with Eastman before they went to or before Faradine Bottom. Yeah, worked with them with Faradine, worked the GSM stuff. But I agree, like, dude, like the amount of influencers uh, and shit people so that. It is. Just walk around and ask for free shit is baffling. Now, that granted, I, I never sat and did orders. Like, I would always just do pro, or, product, know, product info and product yeah. knowledge stuff. Yeah. But the amount of, like, for every uh, uh, shop owner or uh, store employee or something that I talked to, I had three people come up and say, oh, I do this, that, and the other thing. I have this many followers on Instagram yeah, or Facebook. I've won, I won, I won, I set the state record. So 49 other people did too. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to give them free stuff. How many, like, how many people are in your state, in your division? Three. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's no, insane. It's, it's not cool. It's, uh, it's morphed into this. I don't know. It's a, see, it's a media circus well, more than anything. Yeah. The, the, I mean, we saw SHOT Show kind of do the same thing. Right. I, have you ever been to a shot I've show? I've never been to a shot, shot show, show's but insane because it's three floors well, yeah, of that, the same shit. Oh, yeah. that's all like just a bunch of the same stuff. Gun bunnies and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. guys well, that but you know, you know going into it, and that's one thing about the ATA. It went from a buyer's show where we went there as dealers to see everything in one place. Yeah. Place what orders we needed to place and get out of there. And now you, you guys fight there for business. For business, yeah. yeah. And now you got every swinging jackwad on planet Earth that's got a camera. You know the little the little handheld cameras and the big Correct. shoulder cameras and doing interviews yeah. with everybody. I mean, I won't dog that as much because like we when I was doing trophy pursuit stuff before mm -hmm. we did or before I went to ATA with uh, like Fairdyne and yep. GSM and stuff. That's what we did. Yeah. But we would go around. We weren't trying to talk to like I wasn't going around trying to talk to you know, whoever at Hoyt, somebody trying to fill orders at Hoyt or yeah. go talk yeah. to somebody filling orders somewhere. Like right. we would walk around. I think we, like we tracked down shocking, got a couple <laughs> interviews with him, right. uh, like Mendez, a handful of other guys. We would try and interview other like personalities and right. stuff. Yeah. Right, I wasn't, right, we right. were never trying You're to jack with right people. Thing. Yeah. We were there trying to get stuff that other people wanted to see as opposed to us trying right. to score free, merchandise. score free stuff and try yeah. and keep other people from doing their job. That's, that's yeah. the thing. If, if they would just go, and do their thing like hey mm -hmm. i'm here to film i'm here to create content yeah and leave the the people that are there for business alone yeah then well be, it'd be i'm telling you out of four states that i contacted um texas arkansas louisiana and uh, oklahoma i think i have like three or four shop guys going that are going three or four shops dude out yeah. of those 
you don't want to you want to call it like what three or four hundred shops that are under that under that say you probably got a pretty decent <clears throat> it's crazy them, and then so it was really eye-opening to me i'm like god it's just going to be a complete waste of time for me from a business standpoint because you know, those shop owners aren't yeah, going. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, Randy wants me to go to be there with the team and meet everybody. And that's going to be cool. I mean, yeah. it, it'll be cool. For that'll be good people. That'll yeah, be exactly. a good team building thing for you guys. But, but team building exercise. Yeah. Well, well, and the, this other thing, everybody now because of the internet and because yeah. of social media. You know, look at Ultraview is a great example. They're doing their releases on products as gonna, they design and build them. Say They're that, going on the internet. I was just going to say that was the other thing that kind of lost, that made it lose its lures. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, we don't see the newer products like we used to. Right. Or people, a lot of people have already have the products in their hands by the Correct. time anybody goes to ATA and look right. at yeah, them. Because yeah, yeah. that was always my favorite thing. I, like, I'd obviously look at all the bigger, you know, name brand booths and stuff on the main floor. But most of the time, I most of my free time at ATA show, I spent in the innovation zone. Innovation zone, yeah. Dude, like I saw some of the coolest shit in yeah. there. And That's like, where the guys get to showcase yeah, their new products. And, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, knickknack bullshit, yeah. like, you know, dumb stuff. But yeah. every once in a while for, you know, for every get five or ten. Gem. Yeah, for every five or ten things you see, we're like, yeah, that's really dumb. Like, you see one that's like, oh, shit. That's well, I remember cool. the year that we were there, Tooth of the Arrow came out that year and yep. was an innovation zone. Yep. The first, I I don't remember anybody making a machined broadhead. It was 100% billet steel machined. No moving parts, no screws, nothing. And I thought, man, these Any, anything more than a three blade, awesome. anyways. Yeah, I remember seeing them because their display was the steel bill, steel bill, and the broadhead just poking yeah, exactly. out the top. I think it, it was really cool. And I, I, it, I think they won. They I think won, they were show. They the, had like new product, new of the product year, or of the year. Yeah, and they and they, we we bought them or innovation product or something like that. Yeah, they took off of that year, so it's pretty kind of cool. But anyways, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It'll be fun because when we come back to podcast after that, I'll probably have a lot of crazy ass stories well just go back and listen to the previous ata podcast that we've done and now yeah talking about you dude (laughs) exactly i wanted to go just for one thing i want to meet somebody that he's just a a youtuber that i think is hilarious you know that guy that i watch from louisiana that's always cooking shrimp oh yeah the stale cracker dude yeah apparently he's going i've never seen the guy shoot a bow but he's going to ata case case in point point. yeah case in point i just i mean Shot Show is so successful, and that's what yeah. they do. And maybe that's like the direction they just need to lean Guns into and go. Though. And I know it's different, but like, dude, we're already fifty percent of the way there. Correct. As far as like what that show make entails. it a consumer show just, and let everybody go. If they dude. and that would be my opinion. If I wasn't had to give the ATA any advice, you want it because their attendance is absolutely decrepit it's compared to what say, it used to be. No awful. one goes anymore. So if you, if they were smart, just make it a consumer show, open it up to the masses, and they would probably pack that place for four straight days. Pack yeah. it. I you mean, know, if, you, it, do, if you if you don't want to, yeah, if you don't want it packed, like run a run a like five hundred dollars to get in there. Or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. or do, well, they do that now. Them social media guys, I think, are oh, dude, we, when we when we were with uh, Trophy Pursuit for us to get the deal, I think we got like eight tickets, and it was like two grand. Yeah, or something. Yeah, so. I mean, make it a four day show where the first two days are all dealers and, and business. Right. And then open to the, the second day is when it's commercial. Right. Yeah. But why even, why even, why even do the business? Because they don't, well, COVID, to COVID proved point, to us yes. that we don't need the show to get show pricing. Every, yeah. we haven't had yeah. to, we haven't been to a show <laughs> since every 2019. <laughs> every manufacturer right now today has had their show special pricing out since October, November mm-hmm. of this year. 
I mean, it's been out there, and you got until like February, March, I guess, yeah. to write your orders. So I'm, I'm with it's you. out I've, there. I get I get all that stuff through through the gun stuff. Yeah, I've already got all my show pricing for all my build kits and all that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there's just really no need. So if for you guys it, want AR build kits, holler. You know, and the other thing that drives me crazy is to keep on bitching about it. It's always either in Louisville, Kentucky, Indianapolis, Indiana, and this year it's in St. Louis, Missouri. Ew. We can't go anywhere warm. Let's go up north, and I'm what I'm Dude, worried Indianapolis about. Indianapolis was dope, though. Indianapolis, I was, Indianapolis cool. was it great. Was, but it's still make it in Vegas. Dude, you think they, you think archery people can afford that shit? Well, you know, you joke, you say that, but that's you know, it's they say they keep it up there in the Midwest. That's where most of the manufacturers are, so they don't well, have to cart their stuff all the way to Florida. One year shot show was in Orlando, and dude, that place was unbelievable. Yeah, it was cool. Well, and I mean, to be fair, if you look at the population density, density center of oh, the. Yeah. Yeah. of the united states it's like 30 minutes east or west of indianapolis yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah but yeah st louis this year i thought was kind of strange but what i'm worried about too is i think there's some big big polar vortex storm coming through this week oh bro and so, so next week stuff. next week courtney and i are going to the iowa pro-am and it's going to be on monday morning when we fly out it's going to be like 10 degrees i think oh heck no god don't be a I mean, bitch i remember waking up the year we got, uh, year I drove to ATA after the Iowa Pro Am, and it was like negative fifteen when I got in the car and started it, and we drove literally drove through a sto- snowstorm the whole way there to Louisville. Things I don't miss. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Oh, dude, it was like the one time I almost got stuck. I was in a McDonald's parking lot because mm-hmm. I had to stop and take a leak, and like the parking lot was like slanted. Slant and like I got behind the line of cars going through the drive through so I could get yeah. to the parking spot and I stopped and my car started sliding, sliding. sideways. <laughs> yeah. I remember driving from, oh, we had to catch a flight in Buffalo to go back to Germany one year and we were coming from my buddy's house in Watertown, New York. Went mm-hmm. to two blizzards. I had a little rental, uh, like Subaru oh, crossover. Oh dude, and the lake effects highway, snowed bro. up there is crazy. Yeah, it was insane. There was a, like an 18 wheeler pile up and we're stopped, and I'm watching my uh, temperature gauge in the car go from hot, and it's getting colder and colder and colder. And all I could think of was, we're going to freeze. All right, put this thing in four-wheel drive, jump the median, and took a back road. But. So this this storm's hitting next Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. No fun. You're going to be driving back. It's, Saint, I don't talk about it's it. St. Louis, dude. It's just going to be wet slop. Yeah, I don't want to be wet sloppy. Not a lot of fun, but hey, hey it's going to Chiefs game, see Taylor Swift? Hell no. No. St. Louis, bro. It's like a five-hour drive. <laughs> Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City. Never mind. Yeah. Wrong no. wrong side of the I-70. Sorry, I, I haven't eaten much today. I can't think. <laughs> you know, I haven't, I've never been to an NFL game. Neither have like, I. Head on head. I don't know if I, I think, ever will. It's hey, I'll tell you what, though. Let's hear me out. If Dallas wins this weekend, Green Bay wins tomorrow, I'm buying tickets. Oh, Why yeah, because it'll be Dallas, Green Bay, first Dallas, round. Dallas, Green Bay, and Where at? in Dallas. In Dallas, yeah, first round. And you're going to go? Hell yeah. Dude, the tickets will be ridiculous. Oh, man. I'll get standing room only. <laughs> <laughs> you're such I a bring dude. my own chair. Sucks yeah. for my whoever goes with yeah, me. Yeah, looks shit. <laughs> maybe I'll put Courtney in another wheelchair. We can both. Yeah, you both go. <laughs> Courtney probably could pull it off. I bet she's been in the chair a couple of times. <laughs> Believe it or not, she hasn't. Really? I've I've told her a couple of times, like, hey, you need to feel what I feel. She's like, yeah. nah. No. I'm good. Yeah, that's wild. She just looks at you and says, stand up. You yeah. should feel what Quit I feel. Quit being lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, I know big tournament is going on right now. The uh, so Rushmore, Rushmore, Rushmore Rumble. Rumble. 
I think they had. I think they had uh, twelve or fourteen six hundreds. Oh, they had. They've had quite a few. It was insane. Yeah. I think I just re- re- looked at it a minute ago. I think it was twelve. I think it was twelve or fourteen six hundreds. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull it up here. Paige was the only girl, woman, really know, shot clean. Yeah. So I know then, um, senior side. I know Lynn Lynn Hoke shot a six hundred. That's the only one I've seen. I just seen his Facebook post. Yeah. But. No, on the men's side, there was quite a few. I know there was a lot on the I think was, in the well, open like side. Like yeah. Fifteen. I think there was only twelve, bro. Total. Okay. Total. 15, total. Twelve. Yeah. Um, some good shooting going on though, and uh, yeah, Stefan shot a sixty x. Yep, shot perf- he was like clean. perfect, perfect round. Yep, that title, bro, <laughs> dude. Yeah, dude, the top. I think well, Jimmy had posted on Instagram or something in his story. The top five guys were all shooting that new title. The new title. Yeah. Well, look who they picked up. I mean, Kyle was pot- well, Kyle clean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kyle Douglas with the Matthews that Championship Compound Open. Uh, Hanson had a 60x, Kyle and Perkins had a 59, Jimmy had a 57, uh, Jeff Rainey had a 56. That's the top five, all all titles. And then Bowen at 55, Dave at 55, uh, Louis Price and Levi Ritzma at 54, Jacob Marlowe, Sawyer Sullivan, and Austin Taylor. Another Canadian kid from at 52, Chris at 58, or excuse me, 50, and Aaron Shaw at 48. And that's all the 600. That's so all the 600. Yeah. yeah, so far. I think they still have a line <clears throat> shooting right now. Yeah, they do. And they got, oh shit, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven guys still clean on the line going right now. They're halfway through. Halfway. Yeah. But or 12. Bodie's got a 30. Bodie's still clean on X's householder and Schlosser down one, and then it kind of drops off a little bit after that. But mm. still, quite a few guys. Still a lot of guys clean. Yeah. A lot of guys clean. There's a lot of hammers there. So yeah, the big news in the industry was, uh, <clears throat> I mean, everybody knew Tim was going to go to Matthews, but Kyle Douglas signing with Matthews was pretty wild. Um, what's your take on that? Only mm. only company that had the money to pay the man. Probably. Yeah, that's what I think. I mean, they had the money to pay him, and he also got his check from Botech. So, yeah, good on that boy. Yep, I exactly. Mean, congrats to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know so, who's buying tonight? Hell yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. Good for. I mean, that whole situation blew ass for them. I'm sure, but I mean, I'm glad they both found a home. It yeah. Seems like for the most part. Yeah. But and obviously Kyle's getting along with it fine. Yeah. So was his? Uh, I didn't see was what, his shop a Matthews dealer? Uh, I actually don't know. I was just curious. Oh, I'm, you know, I guess the shop the, name, uh, Douglas, uh, Archery. Douglas Archery. And I was wondering, you know, I, I didn't really even go look, but I was wondering, you know, I wonder if he really did drop Botech as a brand. You know, oh, been, I don't know. That'd have been a tough decision to make as an owner. Yeah. Because, you know, if you've been pimping the brand for years and years and years, yeah. and you understand well, you, you get terminated from your years contract. Years and years, he was not, he pimped it for nine months. Nine, well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> years but and years, my, nine my months. my point being is just, so if he had that in the shop, let's say for years, and then all of a sudden... He goes and becomes a factory staff Botex shooter, and then and then that, and that happens. happens. Does he get ticked off and say, "Okay, every Botex out of here"? Or do you stay the course? Because his contract is really not tied to the shop for the most part. Yeah, you would not. You, know, you would do, think do not, you do the but, right thing, but that's why I was curious if yeah, they know. were a Matthews dealer prior to that, because it was a shop owner. If they didn't have Matthews and you signed with them, that would be kind of weird. 
Yeah. Well, I know like we had, I remember shooting on, when I was on Matthew's staff, there were a couple of European guys that were uh, on staff and I know Derek would have to send them to like Peter's, <laughs> Peter Elzinga's shop and he yeah. wasn't a Matthew's dealer and he would always get, get kind of sour about it. <laughs> so I'm sure it'd be some, you know, something similar, similar if they're not a dealer, you know, yeah. even here in the States for somebody like Kyle. But uh, I don't know. One, one interesting thing about that, you know, like everybody talks about, oh yeah, there you go. Bowtech, PSE, and Matthews. So one interesting, uh, interesting thing I thought about it because you know we all, every, when everybody heard about it, like there was a shitload of stuff on Facebook and Instagram and archery talk. And, oh yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things that everybody said was, well, you know, ninety nine or ninety whatever percentage of people that go in and actually buy their bows don't know who Tim and Kyle are, which you know that's very true. But to Tim's point, I think was it when I don't know if it was when Tim did his with Greg. Did a podcast with Greg mm-hmm. or if he did one with PJ and Cam or not. But I know Tim had said something along the lines of, well, yeah, like the guy buying the bow may not know who it is or know who we are, but there's probably a decent chance that if you're a shop owner or at least worked in the industry long enough, you probably know who Tim is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're involved in archery at any level from a professional standpoint, be it on the consumer side or the shooting side, like yeah. you probably know who Tim is and you and like all three of us know working in the shop here, it's super easy for us as, as employees to sway the customer on certain bows or mm-hmm. certain products and stuff. So, I mean, like that, that will have an effect on it. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. So, no but in, if, if I'm an amateur and I don't give a shit about target stuff, like I should be happy that Botech is not paying money to them because right. Or I guess I don't know about happy, but I, you shouldn't be upset about it, I right. guess. Like, you, you know, know offer more money for amateurs. Right. You know what's weird, too, is that the one place that I think that most of our guys in our sport professionally are lacking is in the social media platform. Well, that's, that, I mean, I would say that's about any sport with uh, any personality. You know, you say that, but, you know, and once again, I keep going back to fishing all the time, but I, it's my second passion that I know really well. You know, every one of the pros out there now have a very strong YouTube slash social yeah, well, media presence, I mean, and they the, have to to monetize it. There's probably not, it's probably no accident that, you know, Tim, like not saying that Tim and Kyle aren't good at their jobs, because obviously they are, they just do it differently than Paige does, but yeah. there's probably a reason say, that Paige is still here and, you know, Paige yeah, is still on their what, staff. That's and a damn good point. Not. So who in the industry is, is really making the most impact in social media? Like on strictly the professional archery side, yep. like just the shooting sports portion of it, just, Paige, yep, without Paige, a doubt. Paige like hands doubt. down, no questions Can asked. we name a guy who probably was doing it? Maybe Levi? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, from an information standpoint, probably Tim, honestly. Yeah, I mean, too. If you're, uh, you if you're you, somebody that follows... You see if you're somebody that follows archers on social, any social media platform to try and absorb information... Tim I'd be, be I'd be following Paige <laughs> and I'd be following Tim. Uh, there was another one we forgot about, Chris B. He's big. Chris yeah, is but huge. Chris is more on, like, I mean, not to say Chris doesn't compete because he does. No, he's a he hell of an archer. Cool but videos. makes really cool, cool videos. But that's that's his whole shtick. He's yeah, not yeah. a, like, again, not he's trying not, to, he's not, not a pro talking first. Sh- yeah, not yeah. talking shit on Chris, but he's not a pro shooter first, first right, and a, right, right, you know, right. an industry personality second. Right. It's, you know, vice versa. I throw George's name in the mix too. Yeah, George does a very good job yeah. at his Riles yeah. when he used to do his thing a week on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have yeah. a whole bunch of stuff that you can go there and figure out specific problems. But from from a social media standpoint, I think 
Paige and Tim have like they post the longest videos that well, go down a rabbit hole on, the, on a yeah, the most, issue. Yeah, the most information yeah. and informative yeah. like depth Paige stuff. Like posted yeah. one the other day about freaking knocking points. Yeah, that, I seen that. Yeah, people would never have thought about that. Yeah. And, you know, she gives you solutions <laughs> to problems that you've probably been dealing with but didn't know. Right, yep. And Tim with him and Arrow's selection i mean you can sit there and spend at least 24 hours non-stop listening yeah. to him talk about that Tim oh will yeah start a video standing in front of a paper tune and jig with four thousand holes in it well i've been yeah. testing these arrows <laughs> yeah no doubt about I've it i've been cutting them one eighth of an inch that's right <laughs> well the reason i bring that the reason i bring that up and you said it a second ago and there's a reason why Paige probably got retained by botech i mean she's such a heavy influencer mm-hmm. you know and looking at the other side of that like in our industry not directly specific to archery, but around bow hunting as a whole. I mean, you've got guys out there making, you know, double digit numbers, big money. Oh, they're yeah. doing nothing more than influencing people on the internet. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and that's all they do. They just sway all people. It's all yeah. they do. Talk about the product. I mean, we've product. seen it. We've seen it happen with this move Levi made over the ultra. Well, that arrows. was the next you've thing. Seen, yeah. You've seen guys that are going around you know it is unbelievable and you know what i remember when i heard about ultra coming out and we had a little bit of information about it um and it was just like my big question was why would you come into the most hotly contested part of this market um with with carbon express gold tip victory black eagle already out there and then you throw in the the day six and the in the What's the other one? Killing serious, serious, and I mean, you got so many arrow companies out there. All these, but I, you know, someone very high in the industry said, "Yeah, if you think about it, though, the way TOG is going after market share is just they're wanting to be a one-stop shop." Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it's smart for them. Look, yeah, look at the guy you work for, pal. Oh yeah, oh, hundred percent. Agree, agree. Like same, same, you know, same, same idea. So, and I don't think it's a bad thing for companies to do that like i mean from a dealer standpoint and like you probably weigh on this a hell of a lot better than i can but if i'm a dealer and i can order all my shit through one guy it's a hell of a lot easier on me i would think yeah. you know yeah, there's no doubt about it i think the flip side of that though also is you put all your eggs in one basket and if that basket those if that uh, egg laying machine Stops. happens to hit so yeah happens to hit a couple uh cricks in a row then you can also get in a big trouble in a hurry yeah but i mean we have enough room in the industry and different stuff like there's always always an, an alternative yeah. product i well, guess kind of for cool, the most though, part there's, there's been a lot of bailouts out there yeah if you need it well and if you look about it think about it i mean there's been some other companies try to launch arrow companies in the last mm-hmm. 10 years and none of them have been near as successful but i think them you know sign of levi is a big deal you know, that'll help them I, immensely. Yeah, well, and a lot of a, people, I've heard some people say, well, yeah, but he's not that important. He's not moving the needle. Bullshit. You are crazy. <laughs> I'm going to do that little kid. Oh, bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> that boy's moving the needle. I mean, he will. <laughs> well, I think the and, big thing, what it does, and I think, you know, look, I always use like serious arrows because I remember when they came out, what, seven, eight years ago. Uh, and they, they gave free dozen arrows if you had a pulse. You had to fill out a application form and they'd send you a free dozen arrows and mm-hmm. be on your staff i personally know some people that did Dude, it. i still yeah there's there's arrow companies out there that will have facebook ads that's oh, how yeah. you know that they're new yeah mm-hmm. and they're like looking for field staff yes yeah blah, 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 and then, facebook ads well then you look at you know they went out and got levi and that instantaneously adds credibility to the brand that was mm-hmm. 
stupid. Instantaneously. I mean, because if you had questions about it before, okay, Aero, TOG's making arrows. What the heck? I mean, yeah. you know, I know G5, they came out with mm-hmm. arrows this yeah. year. And, uh, and, and we, then it's like, oh shit, Levi's shooting them. I'm going to buy a dozen. Oh, and see, how, see how they work. Oh, yeah. I wonder how good they are. Yeah. You know, I think good enough for him. They, I'm sure they're fine for me. There's yeah. one guy, I'm not going to name who it is, but it's kind of funny because he's sponsored by an arrow company currently. He actually filled out the damn form because they gave away a free dozen. Mm-hmm. This is a local boy. And he actually won the the free dozen arrows on this nationwide deal. <laughs> where all you had to do is go pin it. And I just thought to myself, if I'm his current sponsor and I seen that he, and he posted it of all dumb things, I'd be like, bro, are, are you kidding me? <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be done. I mean, I'd fire the guy immediately. And I was actually shocked that he actually, he actually posted it out there. Which was kind of funny. That's funny. I don't know, but you know, but that's an example. The Levi Morgan effect, yeah, got to that guy to the point that he ended up like saying, "Hey, I've got to give these a try." And um, between Levi and and Kyle Douglas, you know, as if Matthews needed any more credibility, adding Kyle to that is going to boost a lot of the the target side. Yeah, yeah, but what I mean, for them, it's more. Oh, for them, it's more. You know, uh, uh, I mean, just good, I'd say more the good press and anything, yeah. or just more content for them. No, I I understand. Well, no, it's more podiums. Yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, definitely between those two, all Home those boys. podiums mm-hmm. on the hunting side. You know, honestly, Matthews has got a chance to literally dominate unknown everything. pro and known pro now, like literally mm-hmm. and indoor, and indoor. Yeah, they have a chance to do all that. Yeah, and like I said, the bow is amazing. I'm not knocking that bow. You know, when Kyle when Kyle comes out and shoots Arizona Cup, he's usually in the finals. Yeah, that boy can shoot some dots. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's going to be insane. But yeah, back circling back to this whole arrow thing. Do you want to you want to dig that? Yeah, go ahead. No, I don't want to dig that. No, I don't. No, I actually don't. We're gonna we're gonna wait. We're gonna save that for another day. I don't feel like going down that rabbit hole. Oh God. Hey, it's called unhinged for a reason. We're hop- going to fucking go we're off. We're going to hinge bit, it right no, now. We're going to hinge it today. I don't feel like I'm actually just going to just going to see what what it plays out to be and see. Yeah, you never know. If you can't notice, I'm sick as a dog and, and I don't feel great. And <laughs> cedar Sniffle, fever is kicking my butt. Sniffly nose every week. But. He's a man's man, but a tree will bring him down. That's yeah, right. a tree will absolutely crush me. Doesn't just crush me right now. And it's getting bad. So yeah. But, um, but yeah, dude, it's it's gonna be a good tournament season. I I can already see it. You know, starting with the with the Rushmore Rumbo and how everything's going right now. Yeah, and then what? Would, There's gonna be some monster score shots this so year. So it's Rushmore Rumble, and then next week is Iowa Pro Am. Yeah, we got then Lancaster, right? Uh, there's no because no. Rumble, Rumble, Des Moines, Neem, Lancaster, Lancaster, Vegas, like all all five weekends in a row. Gotcha. Pretty sure. So yeah. So there's five big tournaments mm-hmm. in a row coming up, and then Vegas, Foley. Yeah, I yeah. think we got we got like what one or two weeks, two weeks off, two weeks between. between. Well, if you want to shoot indoor nationals, and no, but well, USA and well, yeah, USA. but USA indoor is the same weekend as Foley. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh crap! I didn't. Yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, or at least well, because I think they're what doing two weekends, right? I. I, I think know, I think they necked it down to only two weekends nationwide, which oh, I yeah, yeah. well, and, which and I find to be wild. Ours like, is already overbooked. Yeah, it's already full. Which, but oh, and, oh, and, and, and yeah, you can't yeah. get in right now. 
Can't yeah, get it's in. over. I wish they'd go back to doing like staggered weekends where like they you could literally shoot an in or back in the day, you could literally shoot an indoor national like from the first weekend to the weekend before the top eight or the final eight yeah. shoot up deal at NFA indoor nationals. Right. Like you they had a literally had one damn near every weekend. Right. So like there was a couple times where I had looked at going to like Albuquerque or San Diego or something to be able to shoot it because it was like the one that I could have gone to was over top of another tournament that I couldn't miss, like over top of Neem or Vegas or something like that for the ones that were closer to me. So I'd look, I'd looked at doing that and that at least gave you the option of doing it. I know Braden had done that numerous times where he'd like flown out to Colorado or flown to somewhere to go be able to shoot that tournament on an off weekend. Yeah. So, which I mean, now it sucks because I think I can't remember what that other weekend is, but there's one of them. One of the weekends slated is the weekend of Foley and like half the events are that weekend and half the events are another weekend, but they're all in the same time. So I mean, there's some of them going on this weekend. Is it this weekend? Today. Okay. So it's this weekend and Foley weekend then there's, I'm pretty sure like there's only Florida, two weekends. Florida's shooting indoor nationals this weekend. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That. I'm pretty sure there's only two two weekends two yeah, or three I couldn't maybe. get into that so I'm gonna go shoot state indoor just to get my one indoor record broken again you doing um the NFA state no 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 USA state USA state I got you yeah okay. yeah dude, NFA doesn't have a cripple category. they don't have a they don't have a no. cripple class all yeah. they do, they have like 15,000 other ones dude they've got a class for everything a one finger compound two finger compound, compound three yeah. finger compound yep. oh, yeah but but it's gonna be it's gonna be a quick switch, going from indoor right back to outdoor. Oh, it is for sure. Scott yeah. and I are going on an adventure at the end of February. Yeah, Dubai. Oh yeah, you guys are going to Dubai. Yeah, I'm gonna have him eat some camel. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not looking forward to that. I, I'm, no, I'm not eating camel. I've always said that I probably would never go to the Middle East ever. It's strange. It's it's a strange feeling. I mean, but, but once you get there. It's pretty awesome because it's very modernized and very westernized. Yeah, and that's what I've heard. But uh, but I have also everyone I've talked to has told me, you go to the Middle East, your life expectancy drops by fifty percent as soon as you get off the plane. That's what I've heard. Not in Whatever. Dubai. Maybe if you go to Iraq or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Like I've always wanted to go to. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. I would love to say I would love to go to um, Israel. Israel. Yeah. In Jerusalem. Yeah. And, and visit some of the some of the history that's out there. Dude, if I could around walk. Christianity, and I hate to say it, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to do it because I, I, I that's a dangerous part of the world right well, now. Yeah, Iraq well, right now, Jerusalem. Always has honestly, been, I Jerusalem's not that bad. No, really? Israel has has been pretty chill. Israel's really? usually yeah. not too bad. Yeah, but I mean, could you imagine if you were over there within the last month? Yeah, before, yeah, before, before, the, the, four months ago. Yeah, you sent a bunch fan? of paragliders in there. It turns into a little wild. Iraq right? hosted a world archery sponsored indoor tournament in Baghdad. Really? Really? That's how stabilized they are now. But I'm they're still being, not going. But they're be really. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't going there. Can you imagine going there and <laughs> you and, look way too white. You would yeah, you Well no, white. they'll look at me in a wheelchair and be like, You did this to us. We did that to you. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't you. I never thought about that one. Oh, we're even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Mikey Lukow we had to shoot one time he's a recurve shooter on the para team and he yeah. had to shoot share bales with a with a para iraqi guy no kidding and i was like how awkward was that dude did you guys do that to each other <laughs> <laughs> uh we're bad dude that's funny. uh 
but yeah, it, it's it's gonna be an adventure going over there. Yeah. Um, Scott's gonna get a a little exposure to the pair team and yeah i'm excited actually see how for things you. work out he's been um jason's been working hard he's got a lot of pretty good training plan going and it's gonna hopefully we go there and win a gold yeah that's a that's the finally the plan. settled on the whole bow testing thing yeah so um, yeah that's gonna be a it'll be a good time it's gonna be fun it's gonna be an interesting to watch how you guys and i've been to the when you guys are involved in like other like outdoor nationals a big, tournament, a big yeah. one but Not to have Paris one specifically only. just for the Paris would be kind of cool. Well, and I, even going from like an outdoor national or even like a Vegas type event, mm-hmm. like shooting on the championship line in Vegas and then going to like a World Cup or a World Championship, like yep. it's a totally different atmosphere and scenario. And yeah. I would imagine that like even 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 you seeing like all the pair guys shooting together on the line at USA Nationals or something like that, or even when we have like a bunch of pair guys shooting in here. Yeah. Like it's a totally different atmosphere from yeah. a competitive standpoint and stuff. I'm sure when you get over there, like I think it'll be pretty cool. Yeah, it'd be pretty. That cool. and go to Dubai is sick. I'd love to go there. Really? Hell yeah! I'm not look. I mean, I'm looking Dude, forward that, to, it, but I'm not. That place is literally an oasis in the middle of a That's desert. What I've heard. Like literally. An so there's oasis. a crazy uh, Netflix show about Dubai of how it was built. No, it's a it's a Netflix series, kind of like um, Housewives I was of California, say that house, whatever the Dubai Housewives thing. Dude, it's oh ins- no, it's insane. The oh, amount of money yeah. that these people make as realtor, real yeah. estate moguls, and whatever oh, they it's do, it's literally fuck you money. It is a hundred percent. I was telling Scott last night that we're at the mall, and this lady rolls up in in a golf cart inside the mall, and it's like a Mercedes Benz or Aston Martin, whatever golf cart, and it's the driver. <laughs> who's wearing the uniform and then this lady walks out goes into a store and there's an entourage of like five helpers and all she does is point at stuff on the walls and they rush and put it in bags and she didn't like there was no cashier interaction no nothing she just, just pointed just put pointed, it in bags walked out yeah. and they walked over and swiped her card for her and probably <laughs> on file already dude in one part of the show the lady she's married to a guy of course is a lot older than her and she's a smoke show mm. good looking and she gets pissed because she's trying to host a birthday party or something, if I remember right. She gets mad and starts bitching their house isn't big enough. So literally goes and tells her husband, I want you to buy the next door neighbor's house because it's twice as big as ours. Guy goes over and buys the fucking house. Like buys it. Yeah. Cash. For, I don't, cash. And like uh, pretty much tells people you're out of here. You know, I'm, I'm, I own it now. Hit the road. And it was her next door neighbor. It was like, like you said, that's F you money. That's the fuck you money, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's wild. And if that, if that, if, if I even see a third of what I seen on TV around that, that's going to be kind of cool. But the cool part is when you Lamborghinis, like no big deal. Yeah. But the cops drive Lamborghinis. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, but God. the thing is you, you see all that flash and everything, but then you go, you go to like, the slums not the, necessarily the slums but like the markets and you interact with the local normal people it's, it's just like so does dubai have a hierarchy of 100 oh, uh, like middle class yeah really yeah okay. well actually goes emirates which make 10 percent of the population the other 90 percent are foreigners really and that's the hierarchy there in the foreigners which one of the foreigners are rich and then you have all the working class but the markets are really cool. Yeah. You get to see all that stuff. Um, is it 80% um, Middle Eastern? No, it's actually a lot of Filipinos and Hindus. Get out of here. 100%. That's a lot of Filipinos right and in, Hindus. Bro. 
Yeah. Well, I it's it's it. a big it's a big mixture, um, and of course you see all the influencers out yeah. there and all that stuff. Where, where are we shooting at? Are you guys on a football field, soccer field? It's or? a big it's a big complex. It's called the um, the Center for People of Determination. That's what they call disabled people out there. Yeah. Um, and de- it's just de- a determined people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm determined to walk again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just a big sports complex. Uh, Prince, will, the Prince of Dubai will show up every once in a while with yeah. a Falcon on his arm or something. And it's just a different, a different atmosphere. That's a different dude. Yeah. You're afraid of heights? No, not at all. At all? Not at all. Oh, dude, you got to go in the big, you got to go in the, the building. Burj. What's that? The Burj Khalifa. It's the, 850 the, meters tall. It's the tallest the, building on the planet. Yeah. Oh. It literally, like the top of it is literally in the clouds. No kidding. And there's like, a door, there's actually an opening where you go out to a, a patio and you're outside and you'll see planes like you can wave at the pilot. <laughs> oh, dude. Because I remember talking to Mel about it. Like he did some coaching symposium over there and they're like, oh yeah, we'll put you on the 124th floor. Damn. Like any, like the whole floor. Yeah. yeah, it's just a giant sweet wild. And they have those. I don't. I mean, they're obviously not turbo, but they're like insanely fast elevators. You get in, and like one moment you're on the first floor, thirty oh, seconds later you're on like the hundred and fiftieth floor. Yeah, you got you like hold on, son. That sucker <laughs> will take off. Gone, your head. Yeah, yeah. No heights don't bother me at all. That'd be fun. That would be kind of cool to be that high. The only thing I don't look forward to is the 14-hour plane ride. I was going to say, Straight. that's usually, that was for, <sighs> really like, started. me flying to Turkey, that was always the yeah. hard part, was that, that long flight. I mean, it wasn't as bad as flying over the Pacific, Yeah, but, I don't know, it was just different because you're flying over land, so much more land. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the or, I mean, the Atlantic Ocean is not small by any stretch. I was freaking stretch. out last night. I was like, yeah, dude, we're flying over Iraq and Iran, and all this. <laughs> you never know if you're going to get shot down or not. <laughs> it's not funny. Because honestly, that's probably my biggest phobia. And I came out of this industry is in the aircraft flying over top of that water that long. Freaks me out. No, we're not over water. We're over desert. Yeah, no. We're getting over there across the Atlantic, though. No. Yeah, you, you don't go across You'll the literally you fly over top of the North Pole. Yeah. Like you'll over you go, the, like you'll go, go up and around. Greenland, Iceland, up and, over. and then down yeah. over London and okay. into Europe. Mm-hmm. So like not like going across the Pacific. No, you Korea. don't go. It's not, it ain't a straight cut. No. Yeah. That always it made would, me, I had to like take a, take a, not like a Xanax, something, a sleeping pill or something to knock my ass out for most of that flight. Yeah. If it was like Korea. straight east-west travel, you'd be, it'd be, it would be like an 18 hour flight. Yeah. How far, how long is it? 14. Jeez. 14. You guys going to, Houston where you guys straight? Oh, straight into. Yep. Straight, Straight into Houston. Dubai. Yep. Nah, that'll be an easy flight. It'll be fine. You take yeah, a take an Ambien and like yeah, zonk exactly. out. Bro. The beautiful out. thing about it, and he mentioned it the other day, is less chances of your equipment not making it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Would, when you're not ch- doing changeovers, heck yeah. We would. Yeah, I'd always try and find a plus if you got to go. Yeah, and then if you got to go through another country who, you know, hates sport. You no, know, I've heard so many horror stories about going through like Switzerland. They're anti-hunting everything. If you have a layover there, and they'll destroy your crap before you hit your destination. I mean, shit! I won my World Cup in Switzerland. They weren't dicks about it. No, they were super cool. It's probably the French. French. Somewhere I heard when you're going over, France was fine. I, I, the only the Swiss Swiss are required to own a rifle. Yeah, the Swiss. Okay, so Switzerland's the second second highest gun ownership. I've had two or three of our customers here that go Mm -hmm. over to the Middle East to hunt, you know, Persian ibex and stuff like that. And they always there's a one country that said whenever you fly over there, you have to not have a layover or stop in this one. Todd Glauca, one of the guys, 
he was over hunting, I think, in Kazakhstan. And they took a screwdriver and a hammer and bashed in both his front and back of his of a scope, rifle scope, destroyed it. He you know, literally destroyed it. He had to have one shipped over there and then he had to recite everything in and bore sight it and all that crap. And he says, yeah, they do it. And then his buddy who was bow hunting or something, they bent his sight completely, folded it in half. Like, like took it and bashed it on the ground, you know, as hard as they could. I mean, that's impressive. I would have just yeah. cut the strings. <laughs> yeah, you think? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It'd be way but easier. It was, I forget what country it was, but it was a country. He says, that, yeah, he'll, he'll never fly through there. And then when he investigated it, he found out that there are 80% of the, you know, the, the entire country is anti-hunting everything. Anti- yeah, like the hell, the country I've had, the of all the places I've been in the country, I've had the most issues with, like from a, like airport security, law enforcement type thing with bows was Mexico. Really? Yeah. Really? When Mine it, was like Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta yeah, always opens my stuff up. Yeah. Even though I have a TSA sticker on it that's already been inspected with me, yeah. they'll open it up. No kidding. Yeah. That sucks. You carry your side on with you or do you no. pack it away? No, I pack everything. The only thing I carry with me is my spotting scope. Gotcha. Okay. Be careful with the release. I've had I've had them that, th- threaten to take my re- I have had them yep. threaten to take my release in France a couple times. Why? Because they thought it was brass knuckles. Oh God! Guy could, like I grabbed it, it and held it like that. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. And you then I was like, no, no, no. It. And I showed him a picture of me shooting on my phone. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, so I always carry, I always carry my releases, my spotting scope, a pair of straps that I use to strap in the chair. Yeah. On my carry on, just in case my stuff doesn't make it, I have that. Right. Gotcha. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, anyhow, I mean, that's gonna be a fun trip. No, that'll be fun, man. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna bitch about the flight, and then you'll get there and be all right. Yeah, they. It's a. It's a one day. It'll be a full day travel. Flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we, it'll be a flip on time. So we fly uh, out of Houston at seven o'clock, and then land at seven thirty p.m. There. Yeah, so you get a full day, twelve hours. Oh, hour dude, time difference. You shouldn't sleep on that flight. I know what he was. We we're talking about. Well, no, you you sleep a little bit, and then you wake up. Yeah, you got to wake up like halfway through. Yeah. Sleep yeah, that for, way you can sleep for six hours and then yeah you got to wake up like halfway through i so have to download can, a lot of movies on my phone just, no, you don't have to download anything they have a bunch of movie screens yeah. just get plug in headphones yeah if you fly out of houston that flight that we're talking about oh bro you're on an a380 do you get the spend nobody sitting in your row probably because i was looking at really? my tickets right now yeah it's empty I mean, yeah, dude, just you'll be able to lay flat on the seat and just watch the screen up there. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't even need to spend the hundred bucks to get the the Comfort Plus upgrade because your legs are so short. Yeah, no kidding. No, dude, they're <laughs> on on Emirates eight three. Oh, are you running? Oh, are you guys flying United? Yeah. Giant plane, United they're, Emirates. Their um, their economy. Oh, is Comfort Plus. Yeah, I was just. I didn't really? know what airline oh, okay. you guys are flying. If you're doing United Emirates, yeah. oh man, you're. They even have a thing on the screen, unbelievable, where you can look at cameras that are on the outside of the aircraft then you can see tracers and flares and stuff like that from the missiles (laughs) (laughs) port side port side (laughs) yeah that's not cool (laughs) totally not cool it'll be fun though it's it's gonna be cool man i'm excited i'm i'm ready for outdoor season to start screw this indoor stuff i yeah i agree yeah (laughs) indoors a necessary evil though i know it really is I mean, yeah. if, if there's, if, if there's an, I don't know if there's a better way to make yourself have, the, have, a, right? have a clean, 
processed that is as good as you can get it. I'll tell you what, I haven't done it long enough. I'm sure glad to be trying to figure out how to set up a bow and make it shoot good at 20 yards with no wind than Instead of 50, 50 meters, skinny arrows yeah. and wind and rain and all that yeah. other bullshit with yeah. a brand new bow. Because, I mean, that's th- that is one thing. We always, you know, all the new bows come out in the fall and the first yeah. thing any of us really shoot competitively with them is indoor, indoor you know, indoor tournaments. Mm-hmm. So for the most part, that's when we see the first big splash. Yep. I mean, that stuff's kind of been changing with Matthews and a couple others coming out with theirs, you know, at the tail end of outdoor season to have kind of a jump start with them. Yeah. But mm-hmm. for the most, you know, for most of the people, that's when we're really trying out bows and yep. figuring out what makes them tick. Yeah. So, and like I said, I'd much rather do that inside at 20 yards. Heck than, yeah. Trying to figure that outside. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in, like in Texas, which windy as crap. Which, yeah, by the way. Um, so we said we were going to do a tech tip today. And I was just going to pick out a a uh, question that somebody asked on the, on the podcast page. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, He was talking about aiming. And he said, how would you suggest aiming with a multi-pin sight? In the middle. You wouldn't, nope. center, you wouldn't center the housing, would you? Um, and he was just trying to figure out if... Center housing with peep, or you center pin on peep, or and we've had this debate. I, I, we've had many the debate times. before, and I would call it that a debate because I I think it's it's, it's, it's probably effective either way as long as you're doing it the same every time. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're, I think it also would depend too on what style of site you're using. So if it's like a standard fixed five pin or like a slider multi pin, like a like a Trek V3 or uh, like the ultra view, or if you've got like a slider site with the ultra view deal yep. or a double pin spot hog, something like that where your housing is the part that's independently moving. I would say, you know, line it up with your housing just cause that a, that's why we have the high vis rings on them, mm-hmm. shit like that. But B also as that thing's moving, it's just an easier thing to align with. Now, if you're shooting something like an option where the pin itself is moving, depending on what one you're shooting too. Like if you're shooting the eight for a lot of guys, like here in the shop, when we shoot the eight, the oval site or the yeah. oval shape housing, right. some guys struggle getting their peep alignment, right? Cause they're used to, you know, aligning that Aligned round peep, yeah. round peep with round housing. And then they kind of lose their, lose their gourd when their peeps round and their housing ain't. Mm-hmm. So they'll try and, you know, they can't figure out how to get it to align. Usually in that case, I'll tell you, you know, go ahead and align your pin there you're going to go, you know, just try and center your pin in there. And right. cause for the most part, especially in a hunting situation, like even I'd say even 60 and in on a hunting bow without a, without a magnified lens and you know, your rate or your uh, margin of error is obviously much larger. Right. Like as long as you can see your pin and you're looking through your peep site, you're probably going to hit, yeah. what, you know, within minute of whatever animal you're trying to kill. Exactly. So, I mean, I, say it's not super important but i mean it is obviously important but for the most part as long as you're getting whatever it is you're aiming with aligned the same every single time whether it's around the housing or center in the pin as long as you're doing it the same every time it really doesn't matter that's key right there what you just said i think doing it the same Mm -hmm. every time so So repetitiveness huh making it repetitive yeah it's got to be repetitive yep exactly so as long as you can keep your head position in the same spot every single time no matter whether that you know, because my whole thing was, you, you know, you, you dial down to 100 on a single pin like a Hogfather, for example, you know, and it's got one pin in it. And you dial down to the 100 and you, you'd go all the way up that travel bar to get it over to 20 yards. I mean, yeah. it's a completely different ballgame. Yeah, I find you're gonna, it 
you're going to be really tight at 20 and Very. or if you set your peep at with your housing set at 20 and sight it in there yeah when you go out to you know 70 plus it's going to feel real loosey-goosey on yeah. your anchor point so right. and that, that's why like for us for target bows like for my field stuff i set everything at like 40 40 to somewhere between 40 and 50 yeah. uh a lot of times with my when I was shooting outdoor feet, it'd be fifty five, just because that's where I shot the most arrows during the season. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like you know the handful of arrows I shot at twenty yards or a hundred yards in redding, like it wasn't enough of you know I could manage that slight change in anchor point and right. facial pressure on you know that small handful of arrows. But that is the one negative thing about like a slider style movable housing site. Yeah, is if you don't set that peep right, or if you set that, I guess not setting it right but if you set that peep at either 20. either extreme well, of your sight tape you're all you're really going to struggle you know on the other extreme of it well the, the big thing there is and i think it's probably the number one most overlooked setup when it comes to your peep alignment to your site is i bet you 90 percent of the customers out there are setting that at 20 yards mm-hmm. it's kind of like the holy grail of our sport where yeah. everybody wants to start you know indoor archers at 20 yards hell down here in texas your beaters are at 20 yards you're in a, a tree stand, tree stand in, in Iowa. You're shooting at 20 yards. I mean, it's where most of us are at. And I think then all of a sudden you go out to tack and you got a 118 yard elk target out there. And you're like, holy crap. You like, draw back and your you draw, nose, <laughs> you got to like anchor an inch off of your, yeah, off of your cheek. To exactly. So get your peep aligned. The big thing is, is I always tell guys, you take whatever you think your max yardage you're going to shoot or what you want to shoot. Let's say it's 80. You find the middle of it, 40 yards, and you set your peep alignment to 40 mm-hmm. because then you're going to lose some of that. And the other thing for me, and I've always been bigger peep, smaller housing, because I, the farther you shoot out, and everyone will agree with this, that's where that bubble becomes crazy important. Mm-hmm. That bubble, if it's not dead center, you're missing that target. I don't care who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it's physics. Yeah. And too many of us with that peep housing matching and everything, we get out there, which drop your peep on a longer shot, which is raising your, I mean, excuse me, raising your peep and lowering your housing. Mm-hmm. The first thing you do is lose your bubble. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is more important at 60, 70, 80, 90, and 100 than it is at 40, 30, 20, and, you know, so yeah. on down, down the line. So I think that's probably the big, biggest advice is make sure your peep alignment is set properly to the yardage, max yardage you're going to shoot. Yeah. So if you're like, you know, back to, you know, center to the peep or center to the housing or center to, to the, the pan. Peep. Like if you're, I would say if you're a fixed pin guy, if you're running like a, a spot hog hog it or something like that, yep. you know, just a standard fixed five pin, I would just try and get your, whatever your middle pin is, your third pin. So your 40, like try and get that dead center in your housing and then move your housing up and down until you get that guy dialed in yep. and then go, you know, up to 30, move that pin up to 20, move that pin yep. and then, you know, 50 and 60. But that way your pin is your middle pin is in the center of your housing. Correct. That way your peep is set correctly. If you do decide you want to, okay, I want to center my pin instead of my housing. When you go up to 20, you're not having to dig as far into it. Right. When you go out to 60, you ain't having to rise Lift as much off so of it. So, yeah. so for me, for if you're me though, if you're running the fixed five pin, like I think it's best to line up with the housing. Cause then regardless of what distance you're shooting, your facial pressure is always the same. On a your fixed, anchor point is uh, always the same. Yeah. If you're, if you're running the site where your housing doesn't move, I say run, you know, align with the housing. Agreed. If you run in one with a movable housing or like an oddball shaped housing, like the, like option, the option eight, the oval shaped option series stuff, uh, then I would say go with trying yeah. to center the peep site. And the other thing or, is, sorry, uh, the center of your pen. The other thing the you just said it a second ago, and I think that too many archers, there's not enough information out there 
talking about what you said, when you're close, you really should be kind of digging into your shot. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be like rammed. No, but, but you shouldn't be soft and comfortable. Exactly. I mean, not that you should be uncomfortable, but right. it, but I 20, think a, 20 yards is always going to be a little bit tighter anchor point. Exactly. And people don't think enough, you know, I hear a lot of customers that come in and people I've talked to, you know, when they want that anchor point to be the same every single time. I'm like, dude, if you're going to shoot 20 to 100, it ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. You, it's just physically impossible. You're going you're gonna to get back there at 80, 90, to 100. You're going to be lifting that head up, you know, and you're going to be probably maybe trying to creep that anchor point down just mm -hmm. a little bit so you can get on top of that peep to find that scope. Yeah. And nothing you can do about it. And but there, if you try to find that exact same anchor point from 20 to 100, you're never going to be successful. One, I, I struggle with the same thing. Even though I don't have a peep, my anchor point changes shooting in here at 20 to going mm -hmm. outside and shooting at, at oh 15. heck yeah heck yeah it just it's a little different well it is. and you know you also got to remember too like everything else in your alignment from a you know up and down point is changing too because yep. you go you shoot at 20 yards say you're shooting a 60 pound bow at 270 feet a second you know standard setup yep 20 pound or 20 yards to 50 yards is probably you know roughly three quarters of an inch yep. maybe a full About inch three quarters in, of an inch and drop in yeah sight height movement or sight movement yep i mean that's a big movement change take you know you that's it would be equivalent to moving your peep what probably 16 to 16 to an eighth of an inch yep so you know that's you know fiddling around with your anchor point and figuring out ways that you know you can get into it a little easier to where you're not having to you know not necessarily get in the same spot but somewhere where you can kind of manipulate it just slightly in, exactly so like yeah. for me when i'm shooting my like a handheld release that's why i don't like doing the that where you behind the jaw yeah exactly. a lot of guys will use that reference and kind of split their jawbone yeah. with their fingers yeah. and get that in the corner there the thing that sucks about that is when i shoot 100 you know if i shoot that one distance it's great but if i'm trying to get a little tighter into it you know i got to get or get my head farther into the string, I got to mash my face more into oh, it and yeah. get more facial pressure. Yeah. So like what I've always done is I just run my index finger and start it like in line with that knuckle. So when I'm shooting closer stuff, I can just kind of climb up and down. Yeah. I start right yeah. there and then I just move my hand up until my peep is centered in my housing. And yeah. if I'm shooting farther, I just move my hand down, you know, and it's, I say I move it down. It's really like more, more of a rotation not even rotation just more pressure more pressure like how yeah. much am i pushing my hand into my face to so this is what i wish we were spot. on youtube because we could be showing because i could show Bridge, you Bridger's demonstrating yeah. that right now nobody can see it but you know it's the exact reason why i i use that that socket in your cheek you mm -hmm. know that, that separates all your muscles if you look at yep. a, a, a yeah a, that a, little your skull spot right under your cheek you got a there. spot right in your cheek it's that's what and i put my fist in there and i can go up and down that cheek that muscle mm -hmm. Um, in that in that uh, in that hole, I call it, and I see a lot of guys. What you said, they want to anchor back there, and even with a hinge, they'll want to get back there in that jawline. A, I think it gives you way too much facial contact. I mean, then your string a lot of times, is, your string is buried to, yeah. in your damn cheek. You know, mm -hmm. if you keep it up in here, you because once again, if you're going to shoot twenty to hundred, you're going to climb up and down your face. I, I don't think there's yeah. any way around. And you know, we say climbing up and down. It ain't like you're going from yeah, moving, under. Yeah. You ain't going from like underneath your <laughs> right. underneath your jawline up to up your, to your the eyeball. corner of your eyeball. No, 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 no. It's like I said. It's for me. It's more like you know how am I changing my facial pressure on on my hand release hand? Correct. So, and I'll even go go so far as to like when I go and shoot Reading and field nationals and stuff or any field shoot where I'm shooting a lot of different distances. Yep. I'll even shoot a thumb trigger up at closer distances than I do, you know, instead of shooting my hinge. Yeah. And the reason being, cause 
just your hand pressure is different. So with a thumb, you know, my hand is completely flat because the only thing I can pull back with is my fingers. Yeah. Whereas a hinge release, you know, I always have a little bit more tension in my index finger. Right. Wrapping around, keeping that thing rotated forward because of the way I shoot a hinge release. I've kicked forward a long ways. So with that extra tension in my hand, it actually makes it harder for me to get it a little bit higher up. So, right. you know, sometimes playing around with different releases, different neck lengths, different D-loop lengths, stuff like that can help mitigate how much you have to adjust for those different distances too. Right. Or at yeah, least not necessarily how much, but how much of a feel change you have right. going to having those different spots. But I think the big thing we want to impress upon is that you're not going to have the same anchor point, the same feel, the same shot process when you're going from 20 to 100 yards. Yeah. They're, well, they're different. If a simple way of thinking about it is, you know, regardless of what axle axle length bow, you should anchor the same every time, right? Well, if you're shooting an index figure release or even a thumb release, like on a shorter axle axle bow, you got to get that hand further up on your yep. face to get yep. that string up into your nose. Correct. Or you got to dip your head, or you, you know, kick your face nod. way down. Yeah, so, you know, it, anytime you change something like that, anytime you move anything on the bow, you're going to have to adjust for it a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. So there's small stuff you can do, like I said, to mitigate it. You can play with different length of releases. You can play around with your D loop length, play around with your draw length and D loop length and, you know, in conjunction with each other. Yeah. Uh, to change how your face is sitting into the string and getting through your peep. Yeah. But I think that was one of the easiest things for me was that I discovered was the D loop length. Mm-hmm. Messing around with that, getting getting the right D loop length to where my anchor point felt comfortable. Mm-hmm. That was easier than than trying to find different releases or different positions. Yeah. And, and a whole I mean, bunch of different things. Yeah. It's obviously way easier to tie on eight cents a D loop than it is to buy exactly. a $300 release, but. Yeah. <laughs> or. Fifty or sixty-five dollar mod, change your draw length. Because I know a lot of guys. <clears throat> I don't think the D loop has as much to do with changing draw length as it does is get you a good feel and a good elbow position. It's, of where it's, you're at. Yeah, it's more. It's not. Really it's the relationship between where your hands coming into your Correct. face and where the string is coming yeah. in. Because if you change the, you can keep your hand in the same spot. Yep. And if you lengthen your D loop. You got, obviously got to shorten your draw length a little bit. Correct. So, and we're talking, you know, 16th of an inch or less right. when right. you're doing these kind of, doing these kind of things. So, you know, really you're not, at least you're not having to change mods, but you're having to put a couple twists here and there to, right. you know, shorten it or lengthen it. Right. And but there's I, a couple uh, good rules of thumb as far as how to set that type of stuff too. Yeah. You know, longer, the longer axle, axle bow, shorter your draw length, the longer the D loop's got to be. Cause Correct. that string is at a higher angle Correct. or a steeper angle. So, you know, in theory, the top of that string is closer to your face than Correct. on a, a 37 inch bow than it is on a 30 inch bow. Yeah. yeah. That's the only advantage of being short in that regard. In theory, I could oh, shoot. Oh, for a, you. Yeah. You always have that a little bit more vertical string. Exactly. I, I, mean, I, could, I could get away with potentially a guy who's short like me could shoot a shorter axle axle bow, have less effect on the bow than a guy who's 29 and a half, 30 inches in draw. Mm-hmm. He's got a hell of a lot yeah. more. Well, it's, it's, especially when we start getting into hunting bows and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. would say, you know, the opposite's true of you going oh, into dude. a target bow. Oh, you know, exactly. like <laughs> I shot I shot C4 forever yeah. at 40 inches axle to axle. Yeah. And for you to shoot a C4, you got to have like an inch and a half Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne Price D-loop <laughs> exactly. on that thing. Exactly. Well, uh, well, what I wanted to make sure a key on in that regard, I know we're kind of getting around the, sto- around the horn a little bit, but is I hear a lot of guys talking about D-loop and it, adjusting draw length and it really doesn't have anything to do with it mm-hmm. it's more for how you feel like i've always said you know i see a lot of guys that shoot high high elbow and i look and they got a little bit d-loop about that long you know mm-hmm. tight on there they don't realize you they're not their leverage point 
they not have enough back there to get that arm down because yeah. of deep string, so string location and string or like string draw length. If you're, you know, depending on how you're measuring it, right. If you're measuring your draw length on the string, like that draw length will be correct, but they just need a little bit more D loop length. Correct. Correct. You know, and one school of thumb that we always use it because it, it, one thing I think that, that sets, you want to find a really good shop versus a shop that's average. I think you, here's some of the things that I always kind of questioned when I was, shopping for a shop before we opened one was you know the things like uh it's good enough it's close enough on your draw line and i know one thing that we do and i know bridger feels the same way and i know even you we talk about all the time hey go put two twists in your string yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and some i can tell you right now there's some other shots looking at that and go i ain't doing a damn thing well yeah it is dude we actually measure draw length to of course we're talking about target archery which is different mm -hmm. But how if you want to be hyper accurate with a honey most the same thing you can do the exact same thing with you you move an, a quarter to an eighth of an inch and draw yep. length can change everything dynamically yeah, about what makes, happens in your bow. It makes a huge difference. Huge. And George George Riles will say that say it say this and Rio will say the same thing. The biggest thing when it comes to holding your bow steady is your draw, draw length. Hundred percent. Yeah. Draw length and, and you know, all that relationship together of getting everything biomechanically in the yep. most efficient position. Yep. You're if even being a sixteenth a 32nd of an inch off can change the whole feel of that bow. I can tell you this, in the eight years this shop has been open, and we get a lot of guys coming from all over the state of Texas, I have probably, I cannot kid, I'm not kidding you now, out of every customer's walked through here that we've talked with and worked with, I don't think that we've had, on one hand I can count how many times that I've said, yeah, your draw looks good. Oh, as far as like having to when, the, swap when you stuff look around. at fit and finish, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you look at fit and finish, you look at the guy he brings the bow in. We fix whatever problem he's had, and then he's bitching about his shooting and stuff. And I'll look and go, yeah, because your draw looks off. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't like to change it because once a guy learns how to shoot, whether it's long, too long, too short, whatever, it, you know, teaching the guy an old dog new tricks can be tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. But it is it a number. Time. It's the number one issue that I see coming in, and where I will question what other shops are doing. Because the draw lengths aren't even close. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, I'm rare. Wow. I mean, maybe ten times probably in the eight years that I've been, I've said, "Yeah, man, this." And I've said it. Keep going to your local shop because they know what they're doing. They're good guys. I mean, it's good, you know, because they've hit the numbers where they're supposed mm -hmm. to be. But I've we've made how many times we've made a correction on the roto mod or put a new set of mods in, take them back there and teach them how to shoot a little bit. And they're like, holy crap! In ten minutes, well, I've never done. Hell, this I had a, a guy the other day. Draw length wasn't off, but he, you know, he had bought a bow from us and then hadn't been back for a couple months and was came back in and was shooting it and his anchor point was all kinds of wacko <laughs> yeah. and i'm like hey man did we set the anchor point or set we do that stuff when you were when we set your peep and everything and he's like no i think i was doing a little different i was like well I'll try and do it this way and he had a kisser and i you know moved shuffled his anchor point around a little bit and he went from throwing you know paper plates at 20 yards to keeping them all in the gold in the gold and you know even something small like that just fixing yeah. an anchor point can make a huge difference yeah. that's why i think it's important you experiment with that stuff and don't don't think that an eighth or a quarter or a half an inch it changes to d loops won't change your shot because it yeah. can make all the difference in the world for sure so yeah that's cool it's a good question though good question i know kind of a long answer hope we answered it for the guy um but that's the kind yeah. of stuff we want to do more of for sure yeah. We got yeah, way uh, off the the peep site part of it, but yeah, I know it but. just it just came around full circle. Well, but you know what's funny? But all that stuff is tied into it's, making it, sure that peep clear your peep target acquisition relationship to the scope and everything. Is all that stuff is tied together? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean all of it. Yeah, because like I said, if you 
once you find that right relationship between D loop length and draw length, and like I said, most of the time we are doing, you know, twist in or out of the cables, oh, yeah. twist in or out of the string yeah. to mess around with that length. Cause I take in, you know, I'll, I do it all the time on mine. I'll take, oh, I want my D loop a little longer. I'll go on the, go up front and I'll grab and throw an Allen wrench in there and a D loop plier so I can really stretch the hell out of it. That way I can measure it yep. after the fact, cut it off and throw a proper one on there. Correct. Or if I'm trying to do a shorter one, I'll take and sit there and keep burning it down yeah. until I get the exact length I want and sit there and play around with that because it does make a big difference on how you're able to align into your peep site. Okay. So here's another question. Let's talk about divas real quick and I know we're going to try to wrap it up. What's your take on the, your opinion on the uh, torqueless D loop? I don't like it because it gives inconsistent pressure to the knock. And the, what I mean by that, so if you've got a torqueless loop and you're tied underneath it, that string sits at an angle. So it's sitting, you know, the top of the string's obviously leaning forward, bottom of the string's coming back. That knock is not, or that string is not perpendicular to the arrow at full draw. Your knock is definitely also not, you know that. Like yeah, your so, knock, your knock's only sitting half on, half off. Right. So, well, if if you are you a torqueless guy, the best thing to do is use the asymmetrical. Asymmetrical, I believe, is the only knock you can use with it. In my yeah. opinion. Now, or, I mean, or you some can really hunters. You can, you can shoot really old well. Eastons, like the Easton. The George Riles shoots the Easton Genox religiously and Does almost he really? exclusively. Well, he he shot doing, those forever, man. Yeah, he's doing hunter. The he's shooting a lot of. Hunters. I mean, he shot a lot of stuff, obviously. Yeah. But I've Just watched him shoot the the Genox with those with great success. Okay, you can obviously tune a lot of that stuff out with, you know, your cam timing, rest positioning, uh, tiller, all kinds of stuff you can do to tune all that stuff out. But for me, especially with how bows are now, like all ninety percent of the bows out there are a perfect binary or a yeah. you know a mirrored well, binary yeah. where your top yeah. cam is. Same the same bottom. as your bottom. Right. And like for me, hell, we were talking about this the other day. Like for me, I don't like messing with cam rotation or tiller and stuff when I'm trying to get the bow to hold yeah. or trying to get, you know, the bow to tune a certain way. I would much rather mess with knocking point and rest position. Right. And if I'm doing a torqueless D loop with a perfectly symmetrical cam system, I know I'm going to have to offset something to get rid of a knock low tear. Not, yeah, right. Because that string is sitting, like I said, the top of the string is sitting forward. So when that string starts moving forward, there's more pressure on the top half of that yep. arrow than the bottom and the knock than there is on the bottom yep. of it. So because well, you're because th you're in theory, you're you're where you're contacting the actual throat of the knock, you'll be all of it on the top and hardly anything mm -hmm. on the bottom. Yeah, because of the string well, angle and it'll like as that bow. I mean, you're should, you're an actual engineer, yeah, so you should probably even say, out. It should even out through. by the time it gets Correct. to the bottom of it, but. Man, have you ever watched a bow in slow motion? <laughs> Dude, those, I mean, they're, like they are wet spaghetti, spaghetti noodles. They are wet spaghetti noodles. Oh, yeah. So no, no, no. until that thing is back at full tension, that it, thing's moving all over the place. Yeah, so couldn't agree more. I think where you need to have it, or I, I prefer anyways, I don't say you need to have it that way because obviously guys have success running the torqueless, but I think it's more efficient at least. And for me, it's easier to tune and figure out how to get stuff yeah. to shoot the way I want it to. If when my arrow starts moving, the force is directly behind, behind that, the, the center of it. Yeah. That way I don't have to do any, any weird stuff with the rest as far, you know, other than just move it up and down until I got it at 90 or right. until I got a clean paper tear and no fletching contact. Right. Right. So, right. cause even if you're getting a, a slightly knock high tear, 
if your D or if your string at full draw is perfectly perpendicular, when it starts moving forward, you're pushing in the center of that. So center the, of that the purpose, the purpose of the torqueless D loop, and I think why George created it, invented it, if you want to call it, was to take off the twisting action that we do when we go high vertical on our face at full draw with a with a button or whatever, and we mm -hmm. are twisting that loop somewhat. I I think it goes back to also that's where I think this loop length is really important. You run a short loop with like 24 or 26 straight run, freaking um, you um, run the, loop 20, material. the number, th what is it? The, what's the camo stuff? I don't know. Dude, the number 23. So yeah, it's like steel it's wire. It's like steel man. wire. And you draw back to full and you do run that vertical. I think you can twist. You can get a little that, bit. You can get now, some string twist in there. If you're shooting, you know, most, guy, most guys are shooting a, half, a minimum of half inch D loop. At that point, you could you you, yeah. you, you could damn near use one of those what are those stupid uh, true ball things? Oh, um, I know the bow blower uppers, oh, yeah. uh, the the true loops or whatever it was. Oh, the the that, steel the steel, the steel, ones? steel ones, yeah, yeah. Like obviously something like that is going to give you yeah. the most. That's going to be the most dramatic thing, right? Because I remember Greg did a video on Instagram or something one time about it, and he literally took it and twisted it in a full circle with his D loop and shot it <laughs> and had no impact change at twenty. Now, granted, it's like a seven hundred grain arrow at 20 so yards it, so it's hard to move yeah. granted that said i did the same thing at 100 yards when i did all the my helical testing on my yeah. c4 way back in the day like i was just curious i took and spun the loop in a full circle yeah and i shot like six arrows and they hit like a couple inches left yeah like it wasn't that big of a difference gotcha. so i mean i i would say it's still mostly personal preference but the one cool thing about them is they're dude it takes three seconds to change one yeah Exactly. And you can have you can have ten of them in your release pouch. Right. So you shoot, you look down, you got a bunch of phrase popping off of it. You already got knocking points on there. You can just reach up, pluck it off, throw a new one on it. Yeah. You can you don't even have to call for an equipment malfunction if you're in the middle of a tournament with it. Exactly. So I suppose if that's something that you're worried about, the negatives of it, you know, if that if that positive outweighs whatever negatives you have to do from a tuning standpoint to get your arrows flying the way you want, right. like go for it. Yeah. But I, I don't like it because I got a super low peep height and like hell my my Tempest 3D I could only get to like 88 yards or 80 or 90 yards. Right. So if I ran a torqueless D loop, I'd be basically shortening my knock. Sixty five. Short, yeah, I'd be shortening my anchor, shortening my peep height by another quarter inch or yeah, better. Yeah. And that's gonna keep it, you know, keep you from getting there. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. I was just curious because I know that question. I think Jason, you and I were talking about it too a couple, yeah. couple weeks ago. Trying to fix a couple things. Yeah. So, okay. That's cool. I was just curious because, I mean, it's been, I, I don't think it's been hotly contested as much as it was no, probably I, about 10 years ago. When I mean, George it's, created it. like I said, it's just, I would say it's more of a, a personal preference thing yep. than a performance thing. Yeah. I haven't seen my shoot it lately. Other than George, of course. But George shoots some people them. out there that do it. Are there? Still a lot of guys that shoot them. Gotcha. Cool. So, all right, folks, we're going to try to, we were, we had a commitment. We're going to keep this to an hour. Yeah. I know the last couple we've done have been marathon three hour sessions. I had one kind of guy tell me, yeah, dude, I listened to it on my drive to work. It's a 45 minute drive to work and I'm, I'm about halfway through. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've been listening to the same episode for three yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we, we, we wanted to try to keep these things more weekly so we can keep them down to an hour so you can listen to them hopefully in one session. But other than that, uh, we appreciate you. We will be back next week. I think I'll have a lot of cool stuff to talk about at the ATA show, I hope. Um, Some good, we'll, bar, good bar stories. Yeah, so. good bar stories. And Bridger actually will be getting ready to take off to Iowa. and Maybe we'll wait till he gets back and maybe do one after that. So 
talk about the Iowa Pro-Am, see what's happening. So other than that, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Hope you guys had a great holiday season, but it is on to 2024. Keep sending us questions and stuff too. Yeah, that was cool. Absolutely. See you guys.